Thank you, Ron. Good morning, heart and soul. I have to just acknowledge uh, the entire team that held down the service, lifted up the service last week when I wasn't, wasn't here, just could not be here. Um, I made one phone call to Reverend Angelo, and he handled it all, and when I was able to view it later, I was very pleased. I, I get who we are and how we are and how the whole thing unfolds because, frankly, I would not want to be a part of an organization that if I wasn't here, the whole thing collapsed because that would mean I had not done my proper job as a leader. And so I'm grateful for trusting divine guidance. This is our theme for 2023, and I am in my own personal life and my professional life and the entire circle graph of my life. When we start looking at our lives and the various elements and aspects of our lives, we often are looking at a circle graph with, you know, relationships and family and work and creative self-expression and health and well-being and prosperity opportunities, all of that. It all, I'm pouring some trusting divine guidance on it all because that just seems to be key. And I'm pausing here. I'm taking the time right now to to um, to talk about this because I want to to make sure I, I I want to invest some energy in inviting you to not have it just be a theme that you wrote in the front of your 2023 journal, and then you could cross that off next year and just put 2024. You know, and I'm just implying that maybe you didn't even use the journal really for the year. You know what I mean? You just started out with good intentions, and none of that is unusual, and I'm not criticizing. I'm simply inviting us to daily look at. I, when I first thought about, okay, Andrea, the little personal, private person who, you know, you should know that the staff and folks around me at Heart and Soul also have called me Secret Squirrel. I'm aware. I am fully aware that that's what y'all have said, and I don't care because I know it's true about me. So I was looking at, would I talk about it? And the answer is no, because I'm, well, let me, let me just say why. Because I know often individuals, it could be that each and every one of us is going through something. And I want to say that sometimes we have formed a human pattern of talking about it. And our challenge with talking about it, there is nothing wrong with talking about it. I want to be clear, this is not, a, I'm not criticizing or judging. I'm simply lifting up for our review. And in our review, we are simply discerning, how's this working for me? Is this really supporting my intention, my goal, the outcome that my heart desires? So, the thing is that often in our humanness, when we have a situation and circumstance, now the truth is that we're spiritual beings. We are though having a human experience, which means that we are on an adventure in faith. And whether we are buckled in for the ride or not, it's going to be a ride. 
and there are going to be bumps in it. So it's going to make turns that you hadn't expected. It's going to dip down where your stomach rises up and you'll heave and you'll have all of the experiences. There'll be grief and there'll be joy, unspeakable joy. And, <laughs> and the beat goes on. So right now, if you're having an experience, if you're in a situation, if you have a circumstance that is troubling, it may have taken everything you had to get in here into the building or to tune in. I don't know. Here's the thing. Be careful. This is a word of caution. Be careful how you hold that situation circumstance. Be cautious how you speak to it. Because our word and our thoughts have power. In fact, that is our power. I know you've probably got some special power of your own. But this that I'm talking about, this is the power that we have. And my sense is, drawing from my own experience and being a minister for just about 20 years now, I see that we, are, we often get caught up in the situation and circumstance and we develop a whole language to speak of it. And sometimes that language locks it in. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So you have us, okay, all right, this is my tribe right here. So we have the situation, we have the circumstance, we have the challenge, we have the come on with it, the problem. And we get so adept at describing it to people. Because we want you, we, I need you to get just how difficult this is. Because looking at me, you like, oh, you just riding high. I need you to know this ain't no high ride now. Look at here at the contrast to this. Watch this. What our prayer is and our intention is to ride the high road. But if you think I'm riding the high road, I need you to get that straight. Is this not us? I don't want you to think I'm just riding high, we say to people, as we tell them just how low we can go. And then, now we have just come out of the prayer of although this is difficult, this is hard, this is bringing me to what, might, what I might have thought last year was my breaking point, help me to ride high in this. Oh, but don't think I'm riding high. You say to everybody who looks at you, because I want you to know just how rough it is, and we act like that's a good plan. We act just as if that's going to be to our advantage, that this is the program that we're going to work. Now, you're an independent being. Work your program. I'm just offering a suggestion. Just a suggestion. I'm not, I have a friend that forever tells me, and I'm not getting in your business. Now, they don't even say that until they are knee-deep in it. I think it's feeling it at the kneecap that alerts them that, ooh, I'm in her business, so let me just say I'm not trying to be in your business. And I don't know whether they're trying to or not. I just know they're in it. <laughs> and so allow me to say to you, <laughs> 
because I feel it just about at the thigh level, but I'm not trying to be in your business. <laughs> I just have a little, a little <laughs> uncontracted coaching <laughs> that you may want to look at and focus your attention on your highest vision. So this is not to deny that something is happening. It's just to say, get thee behind me, something that's happening. You do you while I focus on the highest vision I can possibly hold in any given moment. And it will shift. There'll be a moment where I often say to you, I, this is not a mountaintop, mountaintop ministry. I am often hollering out from the valley. So if you are hollering out from the valley, holler loud. Because somebody can hear you and say, I got you. I'll pray about that because I'll know the truth that alerted you to holler rather than just lay out. Rather than pitch a tent in the valley and act like the valley's my new home. Holler loud. Pray for me, because I just saw Lassie come. <laughs> Holler loud. <laughs> Help is on the way. <laughs> Y'all not praying for me enough. You're going to have to get up a little earlier, stay up a little later, because clearly, <laughs> clearly there's an opportunity for more prayer for the minister. I'm just saying, because I literally saw Lassie approaching the quicksand. Y'all, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> some of you who know every Saturday, <laughs> Lassie had to help somebody get out the quicksand. I'm just saying. I know I have taken a turn that some are concerned about. But I got you. It'll be all right. <laughs> Down, boy. Down, girl. Down, girl. <laughs> okay, look at here. We have been talking about Mark 5, and we've been using Mark 5 to illustrate, to help us to see ourselves. The only, for me, for me in my house, Scripture serves the purpose of supporting me in me seeing me, seeing my life through another lens. So what I believe in the way that I use scripture for my own study is that I'm all the parts, all of the people, all the places, and it's all symbolism. So we have in Mark 5, at least the part of the story, the, the part of Mark 5, I'm going to uh, 25 through 30. And in there, we, we have the story of a, a woman who has had Scripture says an issue of blood. She's been bleeding for 12 years. Now, I, I've talked about this a bit, but I, 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 oh, I want to lay some groundwork here. There's some track I got to make sure is there because I want us to travel it securely and clearly. So here's my sense of anyone who has had a chronic condition for 12 years. And Scripture says she's been to several physicians. Now, I don't know specifically what that means for someone in biblical time who was seeing several physicians, but let me just bring it present. There are folks with chronic conditions who have seen several physicians. What I am told happens is often they don't even get a call back. 
Now, that's shocking to me when we think about paying for a medical system in any... Why did I say medical system, Lord? Because it's so, so fragile, so as to not even be rightfully considered a system. It certainly is not a health system, but now I'm off point. So look, what they often go through is this cycle, this hamster wheel of going in and not getting the treatment, not getting any the kind of support that is required, the kinds of information. The, they suffer. They suffer from the condition, the chronic condition, and then they suffer from the treatment or mistreatment, the absence of treatment. Can, can you hear this? So when I read this, I imagine this is, I've never had that, so, so I can't like go there. But what I imagine is, and you know, before we started on Mark 5, I had been talking to you about the television scripture of my 600-pound life, which, and you should just be forewarned that I see scripture teaching, spiritual teaching in pretty much everything. So when I happened to catch that, I was transfixed on Dr. Now, who to me is a brilliant practitioner, not medical practitioner. I don't know. I'm, I don't know medicine, so I cannot judge that. But I know spiritual practitioner. And when I hear him talk to the people about this situation, he is laying it out for how life gets to be the way it is and what is required to transform it. That is what a practitioner is called to do. I don't care whether they wear the white jacket and the stethoscope or a scarf or a shawl or whatever it is they wear does not matter. It's the work that they're doing. So when I saw the situation and the work he was doing, it occurred to me that we are all living a 600-pound life. We're not all wearing it in body weight but we're dragging something around with us. We're dragging pounds of self-judgment and criticism. We're, we're dragging pounds of, 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 not, of an blindness and inability to see the truth about ourselves, the truth about the divine, the truth, period. And so when I think about this scripture, I see them as so similar. Here we have somebody who is suffering as just like our 600-pound sisters and brothers who have given up and the world has. Because what you need to know is when people have chronic conditions, other folks laugh at them. They judge them and they treat them unkindly. And so it's all the same. Or at least very similar. Are you, does, is this making sense to you? Put in the chat something about, because they'll ask me. Y'all tell me if, if it's not making sense and we can, we can work some stuff out. But my tribe here is getting it, so I'm going to move on. So what happens in this scripture, it says that, first of all, a certain woman. And I always emphasize that. Sometimes scripture will say a certain man. And I want us to get that it requires a certain makeup because everybody's not going to do this. You know, some, some folks with chronic conditions, hmm. I'm reluctant to say it, but for some of them, it's just suicide. They give up. They have given up 
and they cannot see a way out. Now, who knew that this was the talk? As a young person, I made two suicide attempts. So I know of what I speak. I know that feeling of, and <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say now because this is, you know, over 50 years later and lots of living and understanding principle and how life gets to be the way it is. But at the time, I literally have a recollection I have is a sense that it would always be this way. I can hardly say that with a straight face because now I know change is my friend. An enemy, you know, a frenemy. <laughs> change is my frenemy. Because sometimes, you know, we fall out, me and change. But a lot of times I'm like, come on, girl, get in here. Let's do this thing. But then I didn't understand. I, I literally believed that it wouldn't change. That my life, as I, the emotion that I felt in that moment was going to be forever. I cannot believe I believe that. But I did. And there are people who believe it. Who believe that what's going on right now or went on is all that their life is going to be. And they perceive that it's not a life that they can live. And so they give up. And sometimes these folks are right around you. I need to say this because none of the folks around me had any idea that that particular evening I had a plan in place, that I did everything I could to execute. None of those folks knew that. They did not know that I was saying goodbye to them. And so sometimes we are with people who are going through things and we don't recognize that they think they're at the end of the road and or have a plan around that. So this sister, this certain woman, she wasn't that one. She was going through what she was going through, but she was knowing that there was a way out of what seemed to be no way. And so in her mind, she said, if I can just touch the garment, I don't have to have a meeting. I don't need a selfie. I'm not going to need the book signed. I don't need, you see what I'm saying? I don't even have to get that close. If I can just touch the garment. She's saying, at least the way I hear it, is that it's not going to take that much. If I can just move from, if I can just move from this place of, of doubt and fear, into, if I can just get into the realm of another possibility. See, you don't have to work it out. You just have to get from the place of doubt and fear, from the place where ain't nothing going to work. Nothing has worked so far. This ain't working, and that ain't going to work either. What she could see is that if she could just somehow get out of this energetic field, because that's what it is. It's an energetic field of something. We could label it, but whatever you label it, good. 
because that's what you're working with. See, I almost gave one, but that, it's not for anybody else to label. It's what you would say for her. But what she was saying is, if I can just get out of this energetic field and into this other one, now I don't have to get all the way. I don't have to get in the deep end of the pool. If I can just, if I can just sense it, <laughs> you better ask somebody. If I can just, you, have you ever been there? If I can just, <laughs> if I can just get, oh, you don't have an appointment, they not make, I, if I can just get in there. It's an I can just, if I can just then the rest is, it's going to be all right. There's not a mama or a daddy on the planet who does, a grandma, oh, grandma's got the doctorate in this. And I, if I can just, baby, don't worry about that. If I, if I, I don't, what they say, I don't care what they said. Don't even tell me what they said. Because we getting ready, it's going to be all right. It's the, if I can just. Yup. Okay, thank you. Now, ooh, just there like eight talks in here. Oh, and they keep like crowding in. Okay, look. Okay. So the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, is surrounded by at least, he got 12 boys with him. 12 of his boys, and they, they ride together. They Got a thing, he's, they, he's teaching him, they coaching, mentoring, they, they learning. You understand what I'm saying? If we bring it to, to a, a more current kind of scenario that we can imagine. When the master teacher says, who touched me? These boys are like, how we know? <laughs> They're a bunch of folks around you. And I'm like, y'all haven't learned nothing about energy? You've been riding with him this time, and you don't know nothing about the energetic field? So they are, according to the way it's written, are like, we don't, how could you, any, a lot of people touched you. He's like, uh-uh, that ain't what I'm talking about. There's a certain energetic. If you can picture in your mind, Sonia, make a note for this for me, because I, I meant to do like a Venn diagram. Did I do it? Yeah, we did it. It was for last week. <laughs> and I wasn't here. <laughs> so let's pull it. Um, because I see in my mind's eye like a Venn diagram where the two circles intersect. So there's her energy field and his energy field. In your mind's eye. See it in your mind's eye. There's his energy field is full, and oh, but so is hers, her pain. And she intersects his. And we should have no surprise that something happens. I'm talking to somebody that something has to happen because those energetic fields connect in a way. So he's like, wait, hold up. I ain't mad about it, but I know it happened. So who touched me? And they, you know, his boys are just, I'm like, they need a little, they need to stay after school. 
in a word. They just need to stay after school. Because I'm, I'm concerned that they didn't already understand this. However, she speaks up. It's the way Scripture records it. She speaks up, and she's like, oh, you know, this is what happened, and, you know, I just thought if I could just touch the hem. And he's like, that was enough. By your faith, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. Just your willingness to have your energy intersect mine. See, sometimes what we think it takes, what it takes is our willingness. What it takes is our availability. The story's told in Matthew 9, but a different way, and I don't have time. So look, what, what is required of us is what was required of her. We're going to have to imagine what is not yet formed. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. So this, I just created this, this slide because I had something in my mind about how do we, how do we engage our sensory perception? How do we how do we guide our feelings? How do we guide our, our willingness to see, to hear, to feel, to sense? You know, sometimes in a meditation and guided meditations, they would often say, you know, see yourself here or see the light and the cord and the, whatever they ask you to see. And then a lot of us who are like, I don't see none of that. But you might, your sensory perception um, your more dominant sensory perception might be that you hear something. You hear a vibration. You may be hearing bells. You may be hearing, I don't know what you'd be hearing. Or you may just sense the presence of something. You may sense something. You may actually feel a literal sensation. But go with whatever it is. Develop whatever it is. And look at here. If you're not doing none of that, imagine it. Because what are you doing? You are training your intuition. You're training your sensory perception. So if you're not, if you're not, a, mm, I've never felt it and always I'm frustrated in those guided meditations because I'm not, I can't get to nothing they're saying, then imagine it. Imagine the cord. Imagine the golden light. Imagine the blue whatever. Imagine and develop that sensory awareness, please. So I know things are happening that I need you to just to focus your attention because we've got a ride to take. I also, and I didn't know where this came from, this, this axiom, if you make your bed, you must lie in it. I found that in my little research, this is attributed to Daniel J. Borston. And he was, um, oh, I think it was from the 70s to the late 80s. He was the uh, congressional librarian, the U.S. Congress, or the U.S. library. He was... Um, approved by Congress um, for that role. And there's a whole story around him that makes me think I understand from whence that comes, but that's not the point. I just want to drop anchor with this axiom, as you make your bed, you must lie in it. Because you can see that as a young person, I believed that. I believed that I was stuck in whatever energy was in my life at the time. 
And my whole life wasn't like that, but those, those times I think that I was in the most pain, that I was having the most difficulty, I really felt, and I'm a person who, oh, Lord, okay. I just tend to feel responsible for stuff. You know, I tend to, if the thing happens, I'm more inclined to think it was my fault before I start trying to figure out whose fault it was, if that makes sense. So you can see that this kind of axiom was, was perfect for me. I would, it was, had its gravitational pull for me. It explained, you're like, yep, oh, but I grew up. <laughs> I'm like, I'll sell the bed before I lie in it. I'll give it away. I'll put it out at the curb. It'll be on eBay. It'll be something before I feel like I must lie in it. I'll just remake it or get rid of the dang thing. I hope this is making sense because I know it sounds like we're talking about the bed, but we're talking about our lives. It's serious business in this respect. So look, we are reading um, a book, the name of which is escaping me in a moment. Dr. Daniel Morgan's Guidance for a Spiritual Journey. Thank you because it sounded interesting the way it came out. <laughs> so Dr. Daniel, Mo Dr. Dan, as we called him back then, um, he is an ancestor now. Dr. Dan says, feed your faith and your doubts will starve to death. Now I think in order for us to really get this, let's flip it. Feed your doubts and your faith will starve to death. I'm just saying. Or at least it'll go hungry. You see what I'm saying? May not starve to death, but it'll go hungry for a while. It'll go lacking. Lacking your attention and your focus. So when I think about that, I'm, I'm um, this reveals like how my mind works and what gets my attention. Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers has some new commercials that are wearing me out because I'm like, give them the bonus check now. Don't wait to see how many, how many more people flock to Weight Watchers. That's not the point. Because if folks are tuning into the idea embedded in it, it's changing lives if they can get to it. Whether folks sign up for Weight Watchers, whether they do the thing or not, is not my point. But here's what I want you to know about this. Okay. I was just expecting a different slide, that's all. <laughs> so the Weight Watchers return to feeling good is their campaign. So what you see in the commercial, I can't show it, you know, there was a time when we could just play whatever and blah, 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 but we're not doing that. So I have to kind of give you how the script unfolds with this. So we have uh, folks in line, and then there's a counter, and there's a lovely perky clerk in place. And so next, and the first person comes, and this sister who's there, she's that person, she says, can I return this love-hate relationship with cookies? <laughs> now, you know that got my attention. You're going to return the love-hate relationship with anything. See, what, whatever it's with doesn't matter to me. If there's a place where you can go to do this, I'm like Lassie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So look, the clerk says, of course. Do you want to return them both or just return the hate? 
like, what you talking about? On the Weight Watchers commercial, what you mean? And she says, what? I can just return the hate? The clerk says, yep. She, she kind of exhales like you would do. She says, I love that because I hate the hate. So there's a second one. I'm only going to give you these two. Okay, next in line. Customer says, I would love to return this holiday guilt, please. It's just not doing it for me. The clerk says, I understand. When did you get it? <laughs> Weight Watchers commercial on television. Not like in their private employee work. Customer responds, I want to say Thanksgiving. <laughs> but if I'm being totally honest, it's probably more like, now I'm thinking she's going to say Easter. But she said Halloween. But I'm going to say Easter because that could be real as well. It could be Easter, but she's saying Halloween. I'm just saying. She said, and it just kind of grew from there. The clerk says, we got you. I love the practitioner clerk. We got you. Don't worry about that part. I just am asking you so you can know what you're working with. We got you. So today I want you to know we got you. And that you do not have to continue to lie in a bed you made in 1966. A 1987 or 2022. Or January 1st of 2023. Or yesterday. Yes, it matters not. You can return it. Come on, Weight Watchers, teach us how to get let go. We can literally just appear and let it go. Let it go. So look, Penelope Williams wrote a song entitled Inexhaustible Supply. Part of the lyric, she says, I step out and I trust. I play the destiny card. I stand on the solid rock of truth and I proclaim I am not forgotten, overlooked, or ignored. My every need is met on time. My cup overflows. My heart swells up in gratitude. Love's inexhaustible love. <clears throat> so look, this, I, when I think about love's inexhaustible love, what, you know, of late, we have just had this deluge of water. And we have had, some of us have found leaks, that you could have gone for decades and not known. And in fact, you have gone for decades and not known that those little creases and crevices even existed. Oh, but water is powerful. It can get in wherever it can possibly get in. 
And so can love. So can love. Just wherever there's a little space, you just gotta make it in there. So I love this. I love this. Somebody put in the chat, Val, that they can hardly wait to hear you, your, your rendition of this. So we'll just plant that seed, yes? We'll just plant this seed. Because look, this idea of that came to me as we're looking at, as I said to you, to get in touch with your own sensibilities and grow and hone and develop your imagination. In parentheses, Neville. If you're a student, if you're a new start, new thought student, Neville is all I need to say to you around imagination. Here's what I'm encouraging you to do, to understand that how we, we are always be having as if. We are being in alignment with what we have, what we think we have. Be have as if. You're, each of us is responsible for perceiving our intended outcomes. Responsible for nurturing that, yes? So I think this is where we have the Venn diagram. <laughs> and the idea here is that on the left, we have the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus. We have that circle is indicative of his energy, his energetic field. Let me see if that's what it says. I'll just <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, here. Oh, here we go. Yes, the master teacher's energetic field, because I don't have it in my deck. And then on the right, we, and we all have energetic fields, by the way. So you could see your name here. And that's what we're going to do. On the purple side, that's you. You just put your name right there. What I have there is for the woman who did not. Yes, a certain woman. Were you a certain woman in this story? You just see yourself. And I'm not even going to correct the ginger for other folks. I'm not, I just want you, because you're developing your imagination and so you cannot be stuck in, but you said a certain woman, and I'm not, uh-uh. You're developing your imagination. So see you, your energy is being represented in that purple field. Yes? And where they intersect. Oh, you know something good is happening there. That intersection in the Venn diagram represents the touch a touch. And I need you to know it's not necessarily a physical touch. See, I don't know what Scripture is talking about. I'm not pretending to be a, a theologian at all. Not, not at all. Don't ask me no Bible question. What I am saying is that I'm willing to pay enough attention so I can allow it to speak to me about my life. And so I'm not clear that that touch is a physical touch. Just like we've been touched and ain't nothing physical happened. Except in our inner being, our inner spirit is what that really is at the level of our soul. But many of us, our response to that is that it's a physical sensation. Like we'll say, well, I feel it in my gut. 
but ain't nothing really happening in your gut. It's, you know what I mean? It's not a gut thing, medically speaking. But we can't convince you of that because you feel it in your gut. You feel it wherever you feel things. But the touch is happening outside of that. See, there's not a place where the, oh, where the touch is happening. I kind of think that that's in part what we mean when we say there's not a spot where God is not. That you don't have to try to locate. It's right here. That it's, it's, it just is. It just is. So when you intersect with the, the nature of the divine, when you intersect with the infinite possibility, the greatest yet to be, that's the touch. I can't, I can't take no more. I can't, I just, so we're just going to do the rest next time. Because I'm wore out. I apologize if that, but I already talked longer than most people would want. <laughs> so I'm just, I just, I'm getting, I don't usually close this way. <laughs> I usually have much more grace. <laughs> so let me just gather my wits about me. But the part I'm clear about is it's done. So I'm putting a period right there, full stop. Thank you. I needed that because this is weird for me. So look, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. You just have to. Life is not going to work for you if you don't. So look, Penelope Williams wrote a song <laughs> entitled, What's Next? And that's kind of where we are right now. So it's like perfect, isn't it? Part of the lyric in the song says, when we show up, life shows up. You see the order of that? <laughs> when we show up, life shows up. When we begin, love opens up. This is still the woman. She you got to reach for it. You got to go. You got to be willing. You got to open yourself. You got to be available to it in order. You can't just sit at home and whine. This is the time to say out loud, the lyric says, what's next for you, for us, for the world. It's to speak from an empowered place to speak love, to speak hope, to speak peace, to speak joy, to speak prosperity, to speak health and well-being. Our word is powerful. So I'm so grateful for our practitioners and our prayer and care village that our focus for January is oneness because that's also what is indicated in that Venn diagram is the oneness. How those feel, and we, the world, our feels are just overlapping. There's just one energetic presence. So I want to close our service with, um, certainly we're going to do a, a, our closing treatment. I want to share the affirmation from guidance for a spiritual journey. Thank you. 
And I chose the book, but it's just like the title doesn't matter. It's the deep stuff within it. So from uh, by Dr. Daniel L. Morgan, the affirmation for yesterday, January 14th, where the focus is faith. And he writes, oh, I'm going to ask you, I will say the line, and then I'm going to invite you to repeat it so you can get the full benefit. I gain a new perspective today. Yes, even in spite of myself. I am determined not to deal in doubts, but in answers. I know I can use obstacles, distractions, moods, and questions as stepping stones. As, a, as part of my arsenal of spiritual power. And then he quotes Psalms 139 and 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And then Dr. Dan says that what that means is, I have to have enough faith. Each, each of us must have sufficient faith in the next moment, and the moment after that, and the moment after that. Please join me in prayer. Where I simply acknowledge and recognize, I acknowledge my own recognition of the divine the all in all, the living one, the strong one, by any name, Allah, Jehovah, any name at all. It's the all in all. It's the divine. Father, Mother God, present everywhere. There is indeed not a spot where God and knowing this, knowing that I am, we are living the life of the divine, <coughs> the living one, the strong one. I know, and I know for us, that it is living us, that we are living the life of the divine, and the life of the divine, the living one, the strong one, is living us. That we are breathing the breath of the living one. The only breath there is. We're all breathing it and it is breathing us. Just to get that is sufficient. We're breathing and being breathed by the all in all. Oh. When I accept that, and I do, when I acknowledge that, and I do, I can rest in this knowing that life is unfolding in absolute perfect order. That my opportunity is for me to stand at the center of the highest possibility for my life. Letting go of all other thoughts 
all other fears, doubts, considerations. Releasing all historical, historical data. Releasing my view of the past and the way that I have constructed a sense of continuity that I let all of that go. And I simply bask in the awareness that God is. And all is exceedingly well. That my life, the whole of my life, is guided and guarded. That this is true for me and it's true for all of us. That what must, oh, nothing must happen. That our opportunity is to let go and let the divine, let love flow, let life unfold from a center of love, of trusting divine guidance. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the way that these words come together like, like a puzzle where the pieces fit in a way that now I can see the image. I can see the, a greater possibility. I can see a higher intention. I can see and feel and sense and imagine a higher calling on my life. I can see and feel and sense and imagine me fulfilling it. I can imagine this for all of us. I can sense that each of us can move into an awareness, an awareness of the divine relationship that is unique for each one of us. Just like that Venn diagram where it overlaps and the touch is revealed in its power, so is our belief. It's that point of faith. It's that point of trusting, that point of believing, that point of letting go and letting God. Oh, I am grateful. I am grateful for the power of this word, for my awareness that it's not possible that it return void. I know that it must absolutely produce in like kind, that for someone, somewhere, including myself, something is set straight this day. Put in the proper order, revealed to be lit from within. Oh, I'm just kidding the divine and perfect unfoldment. Trusting, knowing, believing, I release this word into the perfect activity of law. I am accepting it as so, now and forevermore. I seal it by simply saying, Ashe. Amen. And so it is. Love matters.